This is the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today for episode 51. We are continuing a four-part series that we've been calling Living Rent-Free. Yes, we stole that from the Gen Zers, but basically it's the thoughts that are living in our head without repercussions. Now, this series is based on a recent series that our church, Real Life Church in Southern California, has done on the topic of mental health that was called Mastermind. It was such a powerful and awesome series. And so we'd love for you to check out that series. You can uh, check that out at reallifechurch.org, or you can download the Real Life Church app to catch that. But the premise of this series is that if you think about it, we allow a lots of different bad thoughts in our minds, a lot of false perspectives, a lot of lies about who we are and what we are and how we are to live rent-free in our minds. And the thing that is so true that we are discovering is that our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So whichever thoughts are living rent-free in our mind space will likely lead to the kind of decisions that we make in our lives that are either good or bad. Now, before we go any further, as I've said in the previous two episodes, what I want to acknowledge really quickly is that I know that there are many who might be listening whose thought life is not as easily controlled because of imbalances that happen in the brain that lead to things like uh, clinical diseases like depression that can make controlling your thought life really difficult. And I just want to say that for those of you who are walking through that, please know that seeking professional help and medical expertise is 100% okay. And I would highly encourage you to do so. It's okay to not be okay. And what I'm, what we are offering in these episodes of this series is in no way mean to replace that, but to partner with that as well. So with that being said, I'm actually really excited for today's episode. We have pastor and doctoral candidate, I don't know if she wants me to tell her that, but the doctoral candidate, Grace Cowan, joining the episode today. So Grace, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Hey, Michael. I'm so glad to be here today. So honored that you had me. Um, just a little bit about me. I am married to my husband, Blake. We have a one-year-old son named Finley, and I'm the children's pastor at Real Life Church Valencia. And I'm really passionate about leadership. I love leading leaders and helping other people figure out what it is they are called to. And I just love kids and teenagers. I hear a lot of people say that the future of the church is our kids, but I really believe that's not true. I really believe that our kids and our teenagers, they are the church now, and we have so much to learn from younger generations. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hold on a second there. Before we go any further, Grace, I just need you to repeat that last line <laughs> for our listeners there. Would you Would you say that one more time? I would love to. I just really believe that our kids and teenagers are not the future of the church, but they are our church right now. Mm, that's so good. I remember as a as a student sitting in the chairs of youth group hearing that you are the future of the church. And I would just think, you know what? I feel like we're the church now. We're part yeah. of the church now. Why do we segregate out adults from kids and students when they are a vital part of what we do for ministry now? So good. That's so good, Grace. No, that's not where we're headed today, but man, that was a good one. Okay, Grace. Well, the reason you're here is because you were actually one of the uh, teachers for the series that Real Life Church did called Mastermind. And the week that you led the teaching was the week that was entitled The Mother of All Lies. And I, I just, first of all, I just love that title, first of all, because it, it, it just kind of draws you in. 
And so what I want to do is I, I, I want you to lend your wisdom around what that is and the insights that you were able uh, to share with the church. But um, I remember you were beginning with talking about your biggest pet peeve. So before we dive into what the mother of all lies is, would you share us what your, share with us what your biggest pet peeve was and why? Yes. So I don't know what your biggest pet peeves are, Michael, but one of mine is definitely lying. Mm. Nothing just gets under my skin like dishonesty, whether it's like something silly, like a kid who's lying about whether they ate the candy or if they actually took a shower in the past week or, you know, a husband not going to name any names, but likes to (laughs) exaggerate their stories. (laughs) But I just get so tense in my body when someone lies and I just feel this need to get what the truth really is. That's just something that's always been a part of me. I don't know. I'm an Enneagram one, so that might be part of it. Mm. You know, the Enneagram, but, um, but yeah, something I've been learning about myself lately is that as much as I cannot stand lying, that I've realized recently I've actually been doing a lot of lying, um, mm. not to my husband or to my coworkers, but um, some lies that I've been telling myself, which brings me to this idea of these thoughts that are living rent-free in my mind. Yeah, that's so good. We did a series a while back called The Stories We Tell Ourselves, and you kind of alluded to that. It's like, no one can sell ourselves on a lie like ourselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like and there are lies that no one else even knows, but they're there. Exactly. And we're really good at telling them to ourselves and making ourselves believe that those lies are actually reality and truth, which yep. then they end up living rent-free in our minds. Okay. So then... In the message, you talked about passion and how uh, each of us have passions that have developed in us, but sometimes we struggle to follow. Why do we struggle to follow those passions? Yeah, well, I think when it comes to like the passions and the purpose that we have in our lives, a lot of us tend to get stuck. And I think it's, for most of us, some of the same reasons. First, I think a lot of us, sometimes we expect God to just fit into our box or our parameters. Like we just do what we want to do. And then we just wait for God to come circle back and bless the hat. Um, I think that's one of the big reasons. Another one, this is a big one for me is that sometimes we just don't know how to listen to God to figure out what our purpose is and what our passions are. And this is one that's really hard for me because I can struggle just to have the time to sit and be still. And then when I do finally get a few minutes to be still, I'm like, is that just my voice? Is it God's voice? Did I like eat something funky for dinner last night? Like what, where is this coming from? Um, and then third, I think this is probably the biggest one for most of us is just fear that we're just scared to follow our passion because we have so many what ifs. Those are definitely some of the lies in my mind or what if it doesn't work out or what if I fail or what if it's not what I expected? All of those what ifs that come into play, I think is probably the biggest one for most of us. Yeah, I I would agree. I think for me, you know, one of the lies that I've led myself to to believe to live rent free is is the what if I fail. So mm-hmm. uh you're talking about Enneagrams. I'm an Enneagram three. And so I'm an achiever. And so for me it's um success is is something that ambition and success is something that's always kind of on the forefront. And failure is like the my biggest fear. It's like, man, I don't want to I don't want to fail at doing what I've been asked to do. Yeah. Anything. You know, whether it's being a follower of Jesus, a husband, a father, a pastor, a friend, like I, I want to 
do those well. And then the, the little things within those things I want to do well. And so it's, it's so scary sometimes because I think, oh, gosh, I won't do it because I think I might fail, which then ends up leading me not to live out my passions, which then allows those lies to continue to live rent free in my head. Yep. And that's when you get in that cycle in our thoughts that we just get stuck. Absolutely. So that leads us to what you see as the mother of all lies. All right. For the big reveal, share with us what you would say. Okay. This is on, you, you could take every single lie and literally put it on this foundation. This is the mother of all lies. Yeah. I think this is the mother of all lies because it's this lie that if we, our minds get stuck believing this lie, that all the other lies start to creep in as well. And I think the mother of all lies is this, it's that you can't trust God. Mm. Can't trust God. And this lie, it has a, I think it's the mother of all lies because it has this domino effect in our minds because I am not good enough because I can't trust what God says about me, or I can never be used by God because I can't trust that God actually forgives my past, or maybe I don't have anything to contribute because I can't trust that God has a plan for me and has this domino effect when we believe this mother of all lies that you can't trust God. Man, that is, I I would absolutely agree. I I do think it's the foundation by which all lies are built. I mean, just for example, let's, let's, let's just, let's just go, let's just time travel. Okay. (laughs) Let's time travel. We're going to get in our time travel and we're going to head all the way back to the first instances of human connection with God. Right. And so you have Eve sitting in or not sitting. She's some standing or something in this garden. Okay. And she has this encounter with this entity that as the Bible refers to is the serpent. And the serpent asks her a question about this fruit that the, that God had told her that she couldn't eat. Right. And so the serpent said, well, did God say, and she said, well, God said this. And she, he then puts into her mind that whatever God said wasn't trustworthy, right? Because he said, oh, surely you won't die. God knows that if you eat this, you will become like him, which then implants this seed of doubt, like, oh, well, maybe God doesn't know what's best for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's so true. And sometimes we may not even say, I can't trust God. We might not be verbally saying, I can't trust God, but that really is the root of all those other lies that we are telling ourselves. Right. Absolutely. Like, I, like, I I just think like when you're, um, you know, when somebody presents you a really great opportunity for a job or a career, or when you're getting ready to walk into parenting or, uh, when you are having relationship difficulties, right? If you're a follower of Jesus and you think, okay, I got to do this. And this is what the word says to me. Sometimes you might think, but I might know better than that. Or is that really how I'm supposed to go about this um, situation? Uh, Okay, so you use the analogy that uh, Jesus used in the writings of John, who was a a first century follower of Jesus. Kind of walk us through that. Yeah, so the thing about lies and this thought pattern of telling ourselves we can't trust God is that we can't just like get rid of this lie, but we need to actually replace this lie with something else. We need to replace it in our minds with the truth. And there's an analogy that Jesus uses in John 10 that I really love. And I think it has a truth that can really help us out here. And it's about sheep and shepherds. So to summarize in this analogy, Jesus says that 
anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold is a thief and a robber, but that the shepherd knows the sheep and the sheep listen to the shepherd's voice and come to him. And so, Michael, I don't know about you. Most of us today listening probably don't have any sheep. Maybe some of you do. (laughs) But Jesus is using what used to be an everyday analogy here to kind of help us understand how we can trust him and follow his purpose in our lives. And Jesus goes on to say that this analogy, that it's about Jesus. So Jesus is saying he is the gate for the sheep. And so I really think what's going on in this analogy can help us get rid of this mother of all lies that we can't trust God. So I grew up in the city and sheep are not really familiar with me. So I had to do a little (laughs) bit of research here. But basically the sheepfold is this area that's enclosed by a gate where the Mm -hmm. sheep would sleep at night guarded by this gatekeeper. So when I was looking up these pictures of sheepfolds, I thought immediately that it looked like my toddler's playpen. So you can Mm. just hold on to that image if that's a, a little more relatable for you. But basically the sheep... And the shepherd, they would stay in this enclosed area at night. And in the morning, the gatekeeper would lead the sheep out of the sheepfold and into the fields and into the pastures. And this gate is what kept the sheep safe from the thieves who would come in to steal or to destroy the sheep at night. And this gate was also where the sheep passed through to go into the fields in the morning. And so the sheep were, they were only supposed to come and go through this gate that was guarded by the shepherd or the gatekeeper. But here's what I think is so interesting about this. So sometimes different groups of shepherds and their different groups of sheep, they would all get together and they would share the same sheepfold at night. So they, they'd get together and have a little sheep over. A little sheep over. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so they would get all mixed up in the sheepfold which seems like it would be a mess when it was time to let all the sheep out in the morning. But actually separating the sheep was really simple because the sheep could distinguish the voice of their shepherd. And I think this Mm -hmm. is what's so important for us when we're thinking about the lies that we tell ourselves because the sheep knew their shepherd's voice and they would only listen to the voice of their own shepherd. And so when Jesus is saying, I am the gate here. He's telling us that his voice is the one that is trustworthy above all the other voices, the lies, the thoughts in our minds, that Jesus's voice is the one that we need to be listening to above all else. And that's how we start to retrain our thoughts and replace this lie that we can't trust God. Man, that's so good. Okay, let me ask you, why do you think, or or maybe in your own experience, why do you think sometimes it's maybe been hard to hear Jesus's voice above all the rest of the voices that we got going on in our heads. Yeah. I know personally, there are just so many voices. It's hard to know, especially with, I mean, today just like, it's hard to be still. I've got usually like multiple screens going on. I've got my phone open and my computer open and my emails and my slacks and my toddler screaming in the background. (laughs) (laughs) So it can be really hard to settle our minds and, and find Jesus's voice in, in our culture and our climate of noise and productivity. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. And the same here. I mean, I don't, 
have toddlers running around anymore. Praise the <laughs> Lord. Uh, but I still have three beautiful and amazing kids who, who equally want their parents' attention, you know, my wife and I, and want my attention. And then I have work. I have the leadership, st- the stuff that I do for leadership in my work. Uh, I have a lot of different things that are screaming for my attention. Yeah. And so if we don't prioritize Jesus's voice, the voice of the spirit, above those things, it can get very um, convoluted, right? Very yeah. quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Grace, leading on to that, as we kind of close down the the episode, would you give us maybe some practical ways that we can begin to evict, you know, play off our living rent-free? Uh, how can we evict the mother of all lies out of our mind space so that our lives are moving in the direction of the truth about God and God's truth about us? Yeah, Um, so after Jesus tells this analogy that I just shared about in John 10 with the sheep and the shepherd, Jesus says something that has been so, so important and helpful for me in my own thought life. And I think is actually really practical. Um, in John 10, 10, Jesus says that the thief's purpose is to steal, kill and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And what I learned from that is that any voice in my mind whose purpose is to steal or kill or destroy is not God's voice. Mm. And so before we can do anything else, we have to start by actually just naming our thoughts and figuring out if those thoughts are from, are from God or not. Um, one of the most practical things we can do in regards to our thoughts that are living rent-free, especially this mother of all wise, is just to first identify what those thoughts are that we're telling ourselves And then do those thoughts sound like God's voice? Something super, super practical that in all vulnerability, I've actually been doing this week because I've been struggling with this, is just writing down my thoughts and the lies that come across my mind in a note on my phone or on a paper and just get those thoughts out of your brain and onto a paper or onto your phone. And then you can actually look back on them and examine, is that thought true? Is that Mm. from God? Or is that a lie that is there just to steal, kill, and destroy? And so I think... That's the first step for all of us is just starting to identify what those thoughts and those lies are that are leading to our doubt and our distrust in God. Yeah, absolutely. And in the second episode of the series, we talked about like how to fix your thoughts and one of and the, the steps that we gave was that you, you know, identify the the lie, you identify yeah. the lie and then you replace that lie with the truth of God. And I love how you said that like as we look at those thoughts. The question we should be asking is, is this thought rich and satisfying? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's just such a good filter by which we should uh, move every single thought through, right? Is this thought rich and satisfying? If it's rich and satisfying, then it's a thought of God. If it is a thought that steals the fullness of our life that God puts it, then it's not a thought of God, right? Yeah. Yeah. And as we start to filter those thoughts of what is from God, what's not from God, we have to keep growing and learning how to identify God's voice. And I think a couple other quick practical things we can do is leaning into God's word and God's Mm. people. Um, I know in times in my life where I'm really stuck and I'm believing this lie that I can't trust God or I have other lies going on in my mind. If I step back and I examine my life and my rhythms, I'm usually neglecting one of those things or even sometimes both of those things, just reading my Bible or surrounding myself with people because God a lot of times will speak up through other people as well. Absolutely. 
I can't tell you how many times I've, I've, uh, you know, kind of, because we're pastors, Grace, it's easy for us to look at the Bible and say, well, we look at it all the time anyways yeah. for work, right? But to then do it on, for our own personal fulfillment, personal feeding, as you want to, the analogy you could use there, it's some, it gets sometimes hard. And then the other side of it is we just assume because we're always around people that we're always around people. But there's a difference in being around people and being with people. Yep. Right. So being, you know, being around people is just being around people. Being with people is allowing people to speak into your life, to call out the things that might seem off or to speak truth and encouragement to say, hey, I see in you what God is doing or, hey, this feels like it's missing. How can I walk with you in that? That is going to really I agree with that's going to really help us to be able to hear God's voice much clearer, which will then help us to evict the lies that might end up happening to come into our minds. Yeah. Yep. If I have a a thought that I think is from God and I, I run it past all my, <laughs> my community who I know are following after Jesus and they all unanimously come back and like, no, nah, that's not a good idea. That's probably <laughs> a, a pretty good filter. <laughs> probably a good filter that the Lord is saying, hey, let's not do yep. that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's great. Well, Grace, oh, thank you so much for coming on today's episode. And I want to thank you for listening today. If this was helpful for you, would you do me a favor, a big favor, and uh, share this with others? Also, I'd love it if you provide a positive rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google or wherever you get your podcast shows from, because it will help this show reach more people. And that's what it's all about. It's not about fame or popularity. This podcast is all about encouraging and inspiring every Christian to love Jesus and to live out their purpose in uncommon ways. Thanks for joining and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. For more information on today's topic, visit UncommonChristianPodcast.com.